Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If we go to page 11 in the presentation, you'll see that... <laughs> you'll see we're on target to meet our quarterly... <laughs> <clears throat> Some things never change, like nobody can resist <laughs> popping plastic bubbles and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. As I was saying, we're on target to meet. Excuse me, um, Miss Miss Hansen. Sorry, almost done. <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the seventh episode of Is This Real Life? This week was really crazy. So we've got the Bachelor hometown dates, and a lot went down there, especially with Ari telling every single girl and their family that he is falling for them. So there's that. Then we get into Vanderpump Rules, where James Kennedy and Lala Kent go toe-to-toe, head-to-head, shot-for-shot. They are totally all out fighting and in summer house ashley workus of the workus twins is back the workus circus is crazier than ever when she throws a watermelon at her sister and her sister's hookup carl who's clearly not good enough for her sister so that's where we're at this week We have got a treat for you. My friend Michelle Thaler is going to give a recap of Bachelor Hometown Dates. And full disclosure, in 2007, I brought Michelle on her very own hometown date to my hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota, where she met my family. The house looked very similar to Becca's family's house, with lots of wood carvings of ducks and dark hunter green with some throw blankets with the moose on it so my family doesn't have the throw blanket with the moose but definitely have those same hunter green couches it was fantastic and we also got to see the world's largest ball of twine rolled by one man because there is another world record for the largest ball of twine in i think kansas But that was rolled by multiple people. So world record is in Minnesota, Darwin, Minnesota, about two hours west of Minneapolis. I have no idea why Becca did not take Ari there. Far, far cooler than an apple orchard. So here's Michelle's take on Bachelor Hometowns. 
Hi there, my name's Michelle Thaler. Um, I am an old, old friend of Mandy's, and I'm so excited to be on Is This Real Life? Mandy, thank you so much for inviting me. This episode is a really cool one to talk about because it involves Minnesota, which is Mandy's hometown, and interestingly is also a place that I visited to visit Mandy um, when we first became friends, and in some way was kind of like my hometown date to audition me as her friend, and thank God her family um, liked me and didn't kick me out after a week, and I got to go to the state fair, and we went wine tasting and went to see the world's largest ball of twine because we're weirdos, but in any event, it was super cool um, to see uh, Becca's hometown date to Minnesota. Anyhow, I thought I would just share some uh, thoughts on recapping the episode. So the first date was with Kendall, who is my personal favorite of the women remaining, um, just because she's so offbeat and so strange, but she seems also really genuine. Now, I'm not totally sure she's Ari's bag, um, because I think she's a little too offbeat, and she also, um, and he's kind of more of like a staid, vanilla kind of a guy, Um, but She's also, as we learned in this episode, I don't think totally ready for marriage, but something that really stuck out to me about their date was just how uninhibited and super fun she is. She actually had Ari come and do taxidermy with her, which is one of her favorite hobbies, and... (laughs) It was funny because Ari actually said, you know, hey, if this ends up working out, I'll let her kind of go into a shack, do her taxidermy, and I'll go do something else. But at the end of the day, um, Ari does end up keeping her in spite of the fact that of all the women, she seems the least ready for marriage. So final thought, I don't see Ari ending up with her, but she's a great girl um, and she's super fun. And I'd say of all the women left, she's the one I'd most want to be friends with. Uh, Next, Ari went to Minneapolis to meet with Becca's family, who I know Mandy was a big fan of, as was I. Super down-to-earth, you know, had a lot of questions about what this Bachelor show was all about, and I'd say of all of them was, you know, we're like the least easy on Ari, but we're still really, really nice. You know, it's interesting. I think it was cool that and unexpected that Ari actually said he can envision Becca being a really great wife and mom um, while they were in an apple orchard, which was cute. And, you know, I think that that was interesting because I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of all this, she's the last one standing. He seems to really like her. Um, She seems like a really wholesome, kind, but also... um, you know, a a person of some depth too. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if she's the one that he ends up going with at the end. Um, they have seemed to have a really good connection and, you know, her family, in spite of kind of keeping it real and saying, you know, she's not just in love with love, seem to somewhat embrace him because Becca embraced him. So, um, that's definitely one to watch. And, you know, I really like Becca. So, you know, I hope, (laughs) um, if he does, um, go with her and she goes with him that, you know, I, I wish them, I wish her well. She seems like a really good person. Next up was Tia, who of all the women seems like she is just been gung-ho about Ari from the beginning totally ready to settle down, took Ari to her hometown of Wiener, Arkansas, which is super honky-tonk, and I was really, you know, I thought would be really fun and entertaining and and fun to watch, 
But what was kind of disappointing is that she took Ari to a local racetrack, which is Ari's thing and not hers. And I thought part of the point of a hometown date was to, you know, kind of bring the bachelor into um, the woman's orbit of, you know, what they like to do and who they are. And, um, you know, I thought that the other women, maybe not Lauren, but I certainly thought that Becca and Kendall did that. So I was a little disappointed to see Tia didn't didn't do that and really just kind of catered to him. But in any event, they went to a racetrack and then Tia brought him home to her family, who was lovely. You know, they <laughs> were a little skeptical. They confronted Ari about being a little bit of a playboy, but then they seemed to kind of melt because, well, let's face it, Ari's pretty smooth. He knows how to talk his way through things, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but he definitely, I think, won them over. And, you know, unfortunately, at the end of the day, Tia was the one he eliminated, which actually surprised me um, pleasantly because I thought that, you know, because Kendall wasn't ready for marriage, that he would just automatically nix her. But, um, But he kept her and, you know, instead you know, said goodbye to Tia, which was obviously sad. Um, Tia seems like a great girl, but, you know, she seems a little more like she might be in love with love than in love with him was my two two cents. Um, last up was Lauren. And in my view, um, in addition to Becca, her and Becca are the two to watch that I think that Ari is probably the most interested in, probably the, the best fit for him. But She's probably my least favorite just because she's not very interesting. She doesn't have much to say. I'm not sure she has much going on upstairs. Um, she's obviously really pretty, though, and I'm sure she's nice, but eh, just not my cup of tea. But I think she's Ari's. Um, so Ari went home to Virginia Beach with her where her family had this gorgeous house. Um, and her family was very straight-laced and conservative. Um, and her dad was clearly ex-military. So... Ari was sweating bullets. It wasn't natural. It was super awkward, kind of sitting in their living room. Everyone very uptight at first. And I thought, oh my God, this is going to be painful to watch. And thankfully, though, when Ari talked to Lauren's father, things chilled out a little bit. And Ari won the father over by mentioning that he had gone to do some work with the USO overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan um, as part of his race car driving. And the father, who was ex-military, seemed to really like that. Um, So that made things a little bit less awkward. So at the end of the day, he kept Kendall, he kept um, Becca, and he kept Lauren. So we'll have to see what goes down next week. So I have to agree with Michelle that the front runners for this season are definitely Becca and Lauren. He seems very, very into Becca, can see her as a wife and mother, but for some strange reason, he is definitely drawn to vanilla Lauren. Lauren's family, wow, definitely boring except for the dad. So looking at these hometown dates, just a few funny things that made me question, is this real life? So we meet Kendall's twin sister, whose name is Kylie. Yes, you heard that right. Kendall and Kylie. The original Kendall and Kylie from L.A. are not actually Kendall and Kylie Jenner. It's these girls. And one of them is super into taxidermy. So she has Ari, as Michelle mentioned, do taxidermy on a rat, But not only that, they dress the rats up as a bride and groom and then put them in the world's most intricate diorama of Paris. 
Yes, you heard that right, a diorama. I just, I was like, I have not seen one of those since sixth grade. Oh, bless her heart. That was definitely a fun date to watch. So then Ari heads over to Wiener, Arkansas. But fail on the producers of the show who put it as Wiener, comma, AK. AK is the abbreviation for Alaska, not Arkansas. What the hell are these people thinking? So the best thing about going to Wiener, Arkansas was meeting Tia's dad, who I just thought was fantastic. He, in the exact same sentence, swears on national television, has to be bleeped out, and then calls Ari, Ari. (laughs) And then when he's corrected, he's like, I just met the guy a minute ago. (laughs) I love the honesty there. It was really interesting to see her brother, who definitely grilled Ari a bit, but seemed to be won over by him. But again, have to agree with Michelle that it seems that Tia is more in love with love than she is in love with Ari. And then we've got Becca. I absolutely adored the hometown date in Minneapolis. It was so sweet. And it was really nice to be introduced to Becca's family and see that sort of protective side of of her and hear about her father. I couldn't believe that she has gone the entire season and wasn't dubbed the girl whose dad died. Because you know at the beginning they give a storyline to everyone and there's always like, oh, this is the single parent, you know, and this is the person who's going to be the villain. And here's the person who had a horrible tragedy that we're going to exploit for the camera. And for some reason, they decided to let her just be herself. And I really, really thought that was nice because we got to know her um, aside from the tragedies that she's experienced. Now, my favorite part of Becca's family, aside from her Uncle Gary, who was just not having it with this whole bachelor process, was her mom. And the most Minnesota thing she said that night was after having some one-on-one quality time with her daughter, Becca, said, well, Becca was so open about her feelings and Ari being the one. So that was interesting to hear. Listeners, if you ever, ever hear a Minnesotan say something is interesting, that is not a positive thing. (laughs) It's somehow we're just uncomfortable saying exactly what we're thinking. Of course, I am definitely an exception to this rule, but it took me a long time living outside of Minneapolis to be able to express things exactly as I see them. So I probably fit a little bit better in New York. So then the final date is with Lauren, Vanilla Lauren. Her family was so like polished and put together and the house was just so sterile It didn't feel as warm and cozy as Becca's, but I definitely warmed to her father, who seemed like he was going to give Ari a tough time. He was a former military veteran, seemed to be pretty high-ranking official in the U.S. military. Um, But then, you know, in the end, he said uh, something that I found quite profound. He said, I don't worry about Lauren picking the right guy. She's not going to commit to someone that she can't stick with in the long term. And if she likes you, I like you. And that seemed to be a common theme this 
episode where all of the sets of parents and, you know, other people who were asked for their blessing by Ari said, instead of saying, yes, you have my blessing, they said, I trust my daughter. And I think we're finally getting to a place in society where women are really being put first and people are trusting women and they're trusting their daughters to make the right decision. And you don't need a parent's blessing to move forward with this, although it is a nice gesture. So I thought that was interesting. Let me know if you think that the parents were coached to say that because I thought it was a little bit strange that every single parent said, I trust my daughter and whatever she chooses, I'm okay with, as opposed to actually saying, yes, you have my blessing. So that's it for Bachelor Hometowns, but stay tuned for next week's episode where we're going to be discussing Bachelor Winter Games with some of my friends and colleagues from Canada, Italy, and France who all are watching and have their own take on the International Bachelor Winter Festivities. So in this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, James and Lala get into it when they travel with the rest of the group, minus Katie, Schwartz, and Stassi, to go to Big Bear to visit Rob's lake house. So Rob is Sheena's boyfriend. Sheena keeps saying that she's been with him for 12 years, minus six, where she was with Shay and married, but whatever. So they go out to the lake house. So leading up to this, Jax has all of this drama about which room to stay in. And he says he has a bad back and isn't going to stay in twin beds. He's 38. He's going with his girlfriend, blah, 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 blah. The end of the day, he uh, got the room with the queen bed. So he's definitely been watching some Real Housewives of New York and taking his tips from Ramona and Sonia, who always fight for the best room. So... Then when Sheena is talking about Big Bear, she keeps talking about Rob and how wonderful he is and how they've been going there for 12 years, minus six, you know, because she was married, and how great Rob is and how he's just so sexy and the handiest person she knows and I'm with the man who knows how to do everything. Like Jack said, he gave us the air that we breathe. (laughs) So the people who are in the house are Ariana, Tom, James and Raquel, Jackson, Brittany, Rob, Sheena, and Lala. So Lala feels, fills in Raquel about what James has been saying about her man. Now, I love Lala, but I find it a little bit odd that she's always referring to Randall Emmett, her boyfriend, as her man. Like, does she not say boyfriend or partner? It's not that strange. It's just she always is like, don't come for my man. Not sure where that's coming from. So they head out to Big Bear. And one of the best scenes is the guys going to the liquor store and trying to get enough alcohol and snacks for everyone. (laughs) it's just you know you go and you think they would have been there for a week and the guy at the register checking them out is saying you know how long are you guys here and they're like two days (laughs) he's like 
all of that alcohol and it shows. So everyone is drinking and Raquel confronts James about what he said about Lala's boyfriend. And James says, you know, I can't support Lala's relationship because it's rotten, which I think he's always thought that, but it sounds like he doesn't know Lala's boyfriend very well, that he only has this friendship with her separate from her boyfriend, which was a bit odd to hear. And he says that Lala calls him and complains about her boyfriend. And so he doesn't want to listen to that. And then in public and in wider, you know, larger groups, hear Lala brag about her boyfriend or her man, as she calls him, and how great he is. But it sounds like he's just a little bit jealous. And Brittany, you know, asks Lala, do you think James is still maybe in love with you? And I think that's where things are heading. So they have a dinner at the house. Now, props to Ariana who took a nap while the ladies were cooking dinner and steps out of the room just to say, this looks so great. Yay. (laughs) Love, love Ariana. Um, So everyone's joking at dinner, but Jack seems to be a bit on edge. And maybe that's because a lot of the jokes are at his expense. So he's been left out of Tom Tom's, which is Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz's new bar slash restaurant venture with Lisa and Todd. And they also are joking that he is old enough to be Raquel's dad, which is true and a little bit creepy. And then, you know, everyone just keeps drinking and James is being so like handsy with Lala. They're sitting really close to each other on the couch. Whenever they laugh, he kind of like falls on top of her. He's hugging her. He's and then his girlfriend is on the other side and she there's about like two feet of space in between them and she's just looking on. And you have to wonder, does she ever stand up for herself? Raquel, girl. Your man is clearly into somebody else. You got to get him in check. It's not okay for him to behave this way. So everyone's playing games, including like never have I ever and whatever. They're all asking these weird sexual questions. I have no idea whose idea that was. And James is so drunk. And Jax and Tom are having a heart-to-heart, which is really sweet, but it's kind of hard to hear them because James is screaming in the background. But, you know, Jax acknowledges that he's mentally exhausted and he's worried about being left behind with Tom-Toms. And he's just afraid to take a risk with his future. And he's 30, almost 38, and he's working, bartending at Sir, and just like not sure what he's making of himself. And it's really wonderful to see Jack so vulnerable. And later in the episode, he shows he's vulnerable again when he's talking to Brittany in their room and is saying he's having anxiety and wants to talk about his feelings. And he keeps mentioning the Reiki or Reiki that he's doing, which is he's trying to get more centered. So big props to Jax. It's just not always the right time to bring things up when it's two in the morning, everyone's drunk, and your girlfriend has just been called the most judgmental person in the group. So back to James, who calls Brittany the most judgmental person in the group, which is just a laugh. What, what on earth is he saying and doing? He's making no sense. 
I'm wondering, is he drunk or is he drunk and also on pills or on some other drugs? He is just off the handle. So then him and Lala get into it. He says that, you know, he's just being so rude and making comments about Lala and about her boyfriend and he's not looking Lala in the eye. He's like not making eye contact, which is super odd. And eventually they go outside to have a conversation. And she's like, let's, you know, talk like friends. You know, let's have a conversation like friends. Like, are we friends? And he's like, uh, nah. He's just crazy. So they sit down even after that. And he basically thinks that Lala is, you know, deserves better than what she has right now. And he's also uncomfortable with her relationship and is having trouble making the transition from being just, from being um, friends with benefits, which is, it sounds like what they were before, to just being friends. And Lala holds her ground and is like, stop coming for me. Just stop it. You know, I told you things that I've never told anyone and you are holding them against me. You're using these against me. And he's like, not that often. But that's crazy. If you have a friend that you've confided in about personal things and you're on camera and they're making little comments as if they may divulge some of that private information just kind of poking at you, that's not cool. And that's not a good friend. And it sounds like that's what James has been doing to Lala. And he feels he's losing Lala a bit to Randall. But Lala's like, you know what? We need to like get our friendship back to where, you know, I've got a boyfriend, you've got a girlfriend, and we need to respect that. But we can still be friends. But he just somehow is just unable to have this conversation, perhaps because he's so wasted or on something else. So it really, really ends with Lala walking away. And as we know now, in real life, they are no longer friends. So I think not only did these conversations and situations get to Lala, who is the one that ended the friendship, but I'm sure having to rehash all of this on TV and watch it back seven months later really makes you question, why would I have a person like this in my life? Now, the other thing that happened in this week's episode, aside from Lisa Vanderpump Re, or dealing with the aftermath of the fire at Sir is that Stasi has to deal with the aftermath of running away at her birthday party and leaving her friends with a $1,500 bar tab. So we've got Katie, Kristen, and Brittany hanging out and decorating these um, scooters. And it's kind of cute. Uh, and Stasi shows up, and everyone's not quite sure how it's going to work because they haven't talked to her since her birthday party where she ran away. But this was a different side of Stasi that I had not seen before. So she shows up and was like, I know I was wrong about everything. I'm sorry. I just lost it. It's what I do. I do it with Patrick. I know it's not okay. I don't know why I do it. I'm so, so, so sorry. And the girls accept her apology and she writes them a check each to repay back for the bar tab that she left. And Katie, um, you know, opens up and says, 
really honestly, Stasi, your demeanor changes around Patrick, your boyfriend. You get kind of like shy, you're kind of like walking on eggshells, you're not quite sure of yourself or what you're going to say. And Stasi agrees that, you know, they're not in a good place and decides that her and Katie should go see a tarot card reader. So they go meet Angie, the tarot card reader, who tells Stasi that she's going to be a mom, to which Stasi has some very happy tears and says what was my favorite line of the episode, which is, I was worried I couldn't have children because I have this medical condition where I only date assholes. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, glad she at least has a sense of humor about it. So then the tarot card reader, surprise, surprise, tells her that, you know, she's in this relationship. Things don't look good. It sounds like things are going to come to an end soon, whatever they are, and, but isn't sure it's worth it for Stasi to keep this relationship going. And I would agree. After watching this back, I'm not entirely sure what she sees in Patrick, but whatever she sees, she is desperately holding on to. But we all deserve better than someone who says, you know, I don't want you to ask me about anything that happened when we were apart because we were apart and who constantly talks down to her and who tells your friends, you know, she can have sex with whoever she wants. I just don't want her to have like feelings for them. I don't get him. He's so weird. And the cynical part of me wonders if he finally caved to doing Vanderpump Rules because of how many viewers the show has and that it might actually help his career as a radio host. I don't know. He's definitely, definitely not the one for Stasi. Next up, we have Summer House, where you get to watch 30-somethings from New York City let loose at their summer house in the weekend in the Hamptons. So the show starts off with rehashing the fact that Amanda, Kyle's girlfriend, stayed with her friends the following, the weekend before, and Kyle re really missed Amanda. Now, their relationship is odd because earlier in the season, it was it came out that they only spend time together on the weekend because Kyle's an entrepreneur and needs his time during the week to work really hard. Now, I find this so, so odd. Anyways, he wants to show Amanda that he really cares and cooks a romantic dinner just for the two of them in a house full of people. Now, it was kind of a nice gesture, and he does give her a gift, which is a key to his apartment. Now, I can't believe she already doesn't have the key. They've been together for multiple years, but whatever. And Amanda just seems so happy, and this just shows how much he cares about me, and blah, blah, blah. It makes me think that women have such low expectations of men these days. And I don't know if it's all women or if it's just women on Bravo. Because we've been seeing some very low expectations from people's boyfriends this season. Not just on Summer House, but also on Vanderpump Rules. So now, the Workus Circus is back. Ashley... Lauren's twin sister comes to the Hamptons to 
celebrate their older sister Rachel's bachelorette party. And they spend a lot of time with all the bachelorette girls at the summer house, but it looks like many of them are staying elsewhere in the Hamptons. And pretty soon, Lauren, Ashley can tell that Lauren, there's something going on between her and Carl, but Lauren's playing coy. And Ashley just sees through it. She sees through what Lauren is doing. She sees through Carl's bullshit. She saw through it last season where she warned her twin sister, this guy is going to hurt you. And she had a bad feeling about him. And at the bachelorette party, for God knows what reason, Carl decides to hang out with them and shows off that he has three testicles. Now, I don't know if this is a real thing. It was blurred out. But if anyone listening knows anything about this condition, please send it my way at ITRL underscore podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. So after this uh, three ball thing, uh, Lauren, Carl, and his three balls are hanging out in a hot tub and get into a fight. And Ashley hears this fight and confronts her sister, Lauren, and says, you know, you look pathetic. Stop it. And she proceeds to smash an entire watermelon on the ground near Lauren and Carl. Thus, we have Watermelon Gate. Now, when she smashes the watermelon in anger, she tells Carl to eat it, bitch. But it's actually Kyle that eats it because he walks by, picks the piece of the smashed watermelon up from the ground, tastes it, and said, hmm, tastes good. Meanwhile, Lauren is left to pick up the pieces of the watermelon and her broken love life. Meanwhile, Lindsay invites her trainer to come to the Hamptons and do a workout session with a bunch of the ladies that are there for the bachelorette party. Now, it seems like a bad idea because they've all been drinking. So working out and drinking don't always go hand in hand. But what's even a worse idea is that the trainer asks out Lindsay and she says yes. And she seems quite excited about going out with this cute guy until she finds out he's 25, which seems to be a bit young for her. But she shrugs it off and goes out with him. And within a first few minutes of the date, she asks if he's going to spend the night. Ugh, Lindsay, you're, she's so aggressive. I'm sure he would have spent the night. I don't think it had to be established before the appetizer showed up. Anyways, they proceeded to get extremely drunk. He does spend the night, but I think they fall asleep before everyone even goes out. Then, this week's bombshell. So, Ashley's in town, and she's very close with Stephen McGee. Stephen confides in Ashley that he feels that his relationship with Carl has really hit some snags and isn't quite sure what to make of it anymore. Meanwhile, Carl is confiding in his friend Amit, who's also in the summer house, that he thinks that he's losing a friend, um, meaning Stephen. And so they decide to go out for drinks in the city during the week without everyone else there to talk about their friendship, to rehash what's been going on, to let Stephen share his concerns, and to let Carl be able to explain himself a bit better. But I think Stephen's over Carl's explanations. 
We all know Carl lost his job. We all know Carl has some family issues. None of these are excuses to treat your friend poorly. Well, Stephen is very anxious about this meetup with Carl and decides to ask Ashley Workus to join him. So when Carl shows up, he thinks he's going to have this guy's night with drinks with Stephen where they're going to, you know, really work on repairing their friendship and building it on the way forward. And instead, Ashley's there as a backup support for Stephen, who drops the bombshell that he says he's been holding on to something for five or six months and he hasn't been able to say it but that Carl confided in him that the best head he's ever gotten was from a guy. And then the episode ends, and it says to be continued. But that night, uh, not that night, but Monday night, Carl was on Watch What Happens Live, and of course, Andy Cohen asked about this incident. And Carl fussed up and said, you know, I'm straight, I'm very comfortable with my sexuality, but I did have an experience when I was 22 with the man. Okay, no biggie. He wonders why Stephen felt the need to share this on national television. I also kind of wonder, why was that the thing that he was holding on to that he was so uncomfortable about? Then the other bombshell is that Carl acknowledged that he hooked up with Sheena sometime within the last few months. And for those of you avid Watch What Happens Live viewers, you may have seen that Stephen said on a podcast that Sheena and Carl hooked up, and then Kristen confirmed it. She said a thousand percent or a million percent it happened, and she said it on Watch What Happens Live. And then Sheena freaked out on Twitter, and so did her mom about, you know, how do you know this happened and this didn't happen and you shouldn't talk about things you don't know, you weren't there. But Carl fussed up to it. Then Sheena's mom had a total Twitter meltdown where she was explaining that there was a difference between hooking up and having sex or making out and having sex. And if I were Sheena, I would be just mortified that my mother was going after strangers on Twitter talking about my sex life. So shout out to Sheena's mom. Please, please get your own life and stop following what people say about your daughter on social media. There are other things to do, like go see her terrible show in Vegas. Ouch. So that concludes this week's episode of Is This Real Life? Thank you so much for joining. Be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or SoundCloud and to follow on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. El nuevo crispy chicken sandwich de McDonald's es crujiente, tiernito, oh. Es pollo en McDonald's, un mordisco y... Es el nuevo Crispy Chicken Sandwich. Ordena por anticipado en el lab de McDonald's. En McDonald's participantes. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <coughs> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? 
I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.